Hare Krishna. Vadanchakalpa trubhyascha kripasindu bhyebhacha patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha. Welcome to our continuation of a study of Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, Canto 11, Chapter 28, which is called Jnana Yoga. We say Jnani because that's a kind of a Bengali or Hindi pronunciation, but if you really want to say Sanskrit, you say Jnana. <laughs> you want to be punctilious about it. So we are up to text number 34 here, uh, where uh, coming toward the end of actually this this uh, this canto and uh, the final conversation between Krishna and Uddhava before Krishna leaves this world. Uh, so yeah, we'll uh, text twenty. Uh, we commence with text thirty-four uh, to bring you up to date uh, what's been happening. Uh, I'll just read the translation, starting with text 30, um, where he's begun to talk about um, uh, the condition of the yogi himself. Uh, He says in text 30, an ordinary living entity performs material work and is transformed by the reaction to such work. Thus he is driven by various desires to continue working fruitively up to the very moment of his death. A wise person, however, uh, having experienced his own constitutional bliss, uh, gives up all material desires and does not gauge in fruitive work. Uh, so this is describing this situation. Vidvan discussed uh, the wise person, the Vidvan, here, one who has vit, who has wisdom, uh, because he's understand his own constitutional bliss, his happiness is there. What's you know, what's the need to look for it outside in the world? Then the next text, 31, continues uh, describing the Vidvan, the wise man whose consciousness is fixed in the self, does not even notice his own bodily activities while standing, sitting, walking, lying down, urinating, eating, and performing other bodily functions. He understands that the body is acting according to its own nature. So the body does it. Prabhupada describes uh, the situation of a liberated person is that Krishna directly controls his senses. And so the senses of that person really doesn't have to pay attention. They're being directed and controlled by Krishna. So he's freed up uh, to, uh, to concentrate on Krishna. And then text 30 uh, two, uh, again, hear the word manasi, a wise person. Uh, although a self-realized soul may sometimes see an impure object or activity, he does not accept it as real. 
by logically understanding impure sense objects to be based on illusory material duality, the intelligent um, the intelligent person sees them to be contrary to and distinct from reality, in the same way that a man awakening from sleep views his fading dream. Because the impure sense objects are ones that one has evaluated in terms of one's own sense gratification and accepts them in direction on that basis. Uh, when uh, one sees everything in relationship to Krishna, then you start to see things as they really are. Uh, the world itself hasn't... Is, when the person is in Maya, it doesn't mean they don't see God or the soul. They also don't they see don't see that, but they also don't even see the material energy as it really is, which is in relationship to Krishna. And then we ended just uh, last week with text number uh, thirty-three. Material nescience, which expands into many varieties by the activities of the modes of nature is wrongly accepted by the conditioned soul to be identical with the self. But through the cultivation of spiritual knowledge, my dear Uddhava, this same nescience fades away at the time of liberation. The eternal self, on the other hand, is never assumed and never abandoned. So the, the, uh, when it says identical with the self, one accepts oneself as a material body and therefore made of material nature and like the rest of the world. Uh, uh, so not only do you not know yourself, you don't know the world. And so that goes, goes away. So now, uh, uh, with 34, we begin uh, with today's uh, continuation. Uh, I'll say first before we chant this verse. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya so Krishna continues to Uddhava. He says, Yata hi bhanor udayo nechakshusham tamo nihanyan natu sadvedate evam samiksham nipunasati me hanyatamisaram purushasya buddhe. The translation. When the sun rises, it destroys the darkness, covering men's eyes. But it does not create the objects they then see before them, which in fact were existing all along. Similarly, potent and factual realization of me will destroy the darkness, covering a person's true consciousness. So that, again, you see what's really there now. Yata uh, hibhano, uh, 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 of the sun, uh, the word for the sun is bhanu, like we have in our movement of Banu Swami. Uh, so he is, uh, uh, means that which is radiant, 
It's the sun in terms of its, its, the words used there because of talking about the ability of the sun to reveal the things. Uh, so that when the sun rises, uh, just as when the, of the sun, Udaya, the rising of the sun, destroys the dark uh, the darkness nihantya tamaha nrichakshufam of the eyes of human beings but just so yata uh, uh, as this is happening na tu sat vidate but doesn't create the objects uh, uh, that exist here the word is used is just sat which means that which is, and you could say, you know, that which really is there. So it destroys the darkness, but doesn't create the objects that you see them for, which were in fact existing all along. It just wasn't visible. Uh, uh, he says, uh, Evam here, Yata Evam is like uh, uh, similarly. Samiksha, uh, full realization, samiksha, uh, you know, it's from the word iksha, meaning uh, I, I vision, samiksha, so swami, real vision, nipuna sati, real vision, uh, 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 destroys uh, it uses this word here they translate the word for word nipuna as potent uh, it can mean expert nana shastra vicharanaika nipuno they were fully knowledgeable in all the shastras the six goswamis nipa, nipuna expert so here it means potent um, uh, so this potent and factual realization of me. So it does, it, it, it's realization of Krishna. Hanyatamisram uh, destroys the darkness covering the buddhi. Here translates in, in the intelligence or true consciousness in the word for word uh, uh, of, of the human being. So this is this is how it takes place compared to the rising of the sun, uh, potent in factual realization of me. Uh, Banu Swami translates this a little, little bit different. Here's the same Banu. <laughs> These are his translations. Banu Swami translated uh, the eleventh canto with the, with the Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's uh, commentary. Uh, along with it, and so his translations follow the commentary of Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. Uh, so the way he uh, says this, when the sun rises, it destroys the darkness covering men's eyes, but does not create the eye. So see this sat, you can take it as doesn't create the reality. So here in the BBT translation, they, this thought is taken to mean the objects that you've seen, 
But here he said it doesn't create the the I, uh, which was existing all along. Uh, uh, So he's following Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. So similarly, my Vidya Shakti. So here's the idea of this this potency of Krishna called Vidya Shakti. So I like this. A very interesting idea, Vidya Shakti. Krishna has a Vidya Shakti. Uh, Will destroy the covering on knowledge for a person realizing Atma. Uh, And uh, there's no BBT purport here at all to this verse, so that's why I'm uh, going through this one. Uh, uh, So we see that Sat, the BBT, takes it as objects that exist, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, the I. uh, uh, the, uh, the eye doesn't, it's not that the eye comes into existence, or the objects of sight, it, it's there. You know, if you're in really pitch darkness and you can't see a thing, it's like you have no eyes, you know. And and it, they're related, by the way, because the, the, the eyes uh, are really under the control of the deity of the sun. Uh, uh, so So the... The vision takes place because because all the eyes are under the all the uh, whether you're just one of these little microscopic creatures that only has an eye spot that can distinguish between light and darkness, or you have different all the different kinds of eyes are all under the control of the uh, the sun god. Uh, uh, so no, notice. So, uh, yeah, so this is how this samiksha, uh, uh, is mentioned in the dictionary with this idea of samiksha, full realization or full uh, 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 perceiving, deep insight or understanding, this is the means for samiksha. Complete investigation is a dictionary definition. And it's one of the names of the Sankhya system of philosophy is Samiksha. It's called Samiksha philosophy because it lets you see deeply into things, you know. So, uh, Vishwan Chakravarti Thakur comments, when one realizes that Atma always exists, one is simply aware of it. And when one does not realize Atma, one is not aware of it. So as soon as it becomes the knowledge of the Atma, whether this means soul or super-soul, either one or both, they come in knowledge simultaneously from far as... And then when you're aware it is, you're always aware that it has always been there. Uh, it's not something that's come into being because you're aware of it. It's there. So it's always there. Uh, and that's the example. When the sun rises, objects are revealed, and when the sun sets, objects are, are hidden. The sun destroys the covering of darkness for the eye, but does not create the eye. Since the eye already already existed, as the same dear object. 
gets deer meaning close to you. So both things, in a way, the sun, uh, the eye is the, the eye is there, the objects are there, but when there's darkness, you neither of them are, are are available to you. So he says, fixed knowledge. Notice he uses this term, fixed knowledge. My vidya shakti destroys the covering on knowledge for the person endowed with knowledge of atma. So you know, you notice how things come to be known. The process of knowledge given in the Bhagavatam is you first you know spirit, and then after knowing spirit, then you can understand matter. So that, whereas the modern world, no knowledge of spirit and just tries to explore matter by itself, uh, without 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 uh, anything else. That's why it's not really considered knowledge. Uh, it's not seen the way uh, things are not seen the way they uh, they really are. Uh, so this is this uh, potent uh, knowledge, yataban or uddayana. So uh, but it's a science. Prabhupada, you know, used this term of science, science because because it's systematic, it can be taught, but the, the rules are different. Uh, nobody says when you take a science course in a university that you also have to uh, abstain from intoxication or illicit sex, because they don't recognize those as rules of knowledge. Uh, you, your, your consciousness does not have to be clear. Uh, it can you can pay attention, but it's you know you're narrowly focused on the objects of desire or interest, but you don't you you you, you the, the the whole existence of anything beyond just things. I mean, you want, you really want to deal deal with the world mostly so you can reduce it to numbers. You know, like for example, you take color. That may be a quality. You know, red has a quality, yellow has a quality, but no, they're different wavelengths of light. You, you, you express it just in terms of numbers, uh, but actually, you know, they're feelings. <laughs> that's what they are. Anyway, that's another thing, because I wanted to, because because you you always run into a problem with this material knowledge, because what you can't explain is consciousness. It just it can't be quantified or expressed in terms of numbers. Yet, seem if it's, there's no conscious awareness, you wouldn't know what's going on. So it's it's the big mystery. Uh, so here we go to consciousness first, and the clarification and intensification of consciousness, and then uh, the not only do you become conscious of yourself as an eternal being, but also the, in yoga. I mean, while you're practicing this, you know, pratyahara, withdrawal of the senses from the object, concentration of the mind, then you undertake that, then it's a different science. So here, he, he, here uh, uh, he's describing this awakening. Uh, and so now, because here the, the, the Lord himself, or at least the super-soul, 
aspect, the paramatma, the atma and the paramatma, uh, both become visible uh, together. so this is text 35 talking about that. Esha swayam jyotir ajo. Esha swayam jyotir ajo prameyo mahanubhuti sakalanubhuti ekoditiyo vachasam virame yene shitavag asavascharanti. The Supreme Lord is self-luminous. So you, you notice right away, Asia, this, uh, which in the word for word they have super soul in parentheses. But here is being translated as Supreme Lord. Uh, it doesn't seem here we're talking about Bhagavan realization. But anyway, uh, the, the Supreme Lord is self-luminous, Swayam Jyoti. Unborn, ajaha, and immeasurable, aprameya. Uh, uh, he is pure transcendental consciousness and perceives everything. One without a second, he is realized only after ordinary words cease. By him the power of speech and the life airs are set into motion. So this is the first self-luminous Swayam Jyoti. Uh, you don't need a, a light to see him. <laughs> it's the, the light by which one sees, actually. Swayam Jyoti, he's self-effulgent or self-luminous. Uh, Aja, unborn, aprameya, impossible to measure. Because... Uh, Greater than the greatest and smaller than the smallest at the same time, for example, Aprameya. Ma- and then the next line, Mahanubhuti, Sakala Anubhuti. So this word Anubhuti uh, that's used here, Anubhuti, uh, uh, means knowledge. Uh, according to the dictionary, it's perception, not just knowledge, but perception, or knowledge from any source but memory. In philosophy, uh, it's knowledge gained by means of the four pramanas, that is to say, sense perception, inference, comparison, and authority, verbal authority. Uh, something to, those are the pramanas. Uh, so this is the idea of, uh, anu, so uh, the Lord is maha anubhuti. Uh, he is great uh, perception. So they say here, full of transcendental consciousness, and sakala anubhuti, aware of everything, uh, pure consciousness and omniscient. Uh, uh, he is one alone, ekaha, advitiya, one without a second. That's the definition in Vedanta. Ekam eva advitiya brahman. Brahman is that besides which there is no second thing. That's the definition. One without a second. There is no second thing. Uh, so when it looks like there's God in the world, oh, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> you got two things. 
And one Mayavad solution say, well, the world doesn't exist. It's only this one thing. Um, we say there's one thing, but it has vishesha. The vishesha is some kind of concrete particular that can be differentiated from another thing, but it's all within Brahman. Savishesha. And Mayavad philosophy is called nirvishesha. Nirvishesha, shunyavadi. And that's a. Shunyavada is voidism, is a Buddhist version of it. Uh, so they use this eka advitiya, one without a second. Advitiya, no second thing. Vachasam uh, virame. Uh, uh, now uh, they uh, have realized when words only see, when words ceased speech. Has reached its limit, literally speaking. Uh, 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 this word virama means when it ceases, comes to something comes to an end. And vachasa, when words come to an end. So that sounds a little bit like Mayabad. <laughs> so that's why uh, when they uh, translate this, uh, they say, realize only after ordinary words cease. Or uh, when material words cease, in the word meaning. So these two uh, things here. Uh, but then it says, by him, yena by whom. So here you know they're talking about uh, by yena, Asia, uh, and by whom, uh, vak, uh, asava, uh, by whom. Uh, Ishita vak, speech is empowered or impelled, and uh, asava charanti, and the, the, the airs of life move. So, therefore, we know now they're talking about this self, what they're talking about is the super self, uh, by whom speech is impelled, uh, and by whom these things move. Uh, uh, so the he, I'll, I'll read uh, Swami's, uh trans. Well, let me read the purports first, and then we'll, we'll go talk about it a little bit more. Uh, the BBT purport here is that um, a little bit long. The Supreme Lord is self-luminous, self-manifested whereas the individual living entity is manifested by him. The Lord is unborn, but the living entity, because of material designative coverings, takes birth in conditional life. The Lord is immeasurable, being all-pervasive, whereas the living entity is localized. So they're making a contrast. The Supreme Lord is Mahanubhuti, the totality of consciousness. The Lord is Sakala Anubhuti, omniscient, whereas the living entity is aware of his own limited existence. Considering all these contrasts between the Lord and ourselves, we should not waste time, like the foolish material scientists and philosophers, 
who struggle to find the origins of this world by their insignificant middle speculations and word, word jugglery. Although one may discover some of the gross laws of material nature through material research, there is no hope of achieving the absolute truth by such petty endeavors. Uh, what is going on, like where they have make these bigger and bigger particle accelerators and then take what's apparently subatomic particles and collide them at higher and higher velocities is to reproduce the original conditions of the universe to get as close as possible to the Big Bang. Because when they, 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 they're accelerating a proton and they ram it into uh, a neutron, I don't know what they ram, but anyway, they ram it into something and then they see what comes out and those are supposedly the or more original particles and they have to have huge and they, they, they try to they actually have to uh, Einstein things when things are accelerated they, as they approach the speed of life their mass increases and this they can measure that actually they get so there's a limit to how fast you can go but anyway, they're trying to come as close as possible, trying to create the what they seem to think to be the original conditions of the universe. They want to go back in time and see where everything came from. So that, you know, where everything came from, that's a human inquiry, but this is their method of trying to, to find uh, uh, something out. Um, he says there's no hope of achieving the absolute truth because that's what they really want, actually. They don't know what they want. Uh, and that now, uh, uh, he says, uh, uh, there's a uh, commentary also by uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, He says, uh, this is text number 35. 35. Okay, let me get it here. I didn't set my... Uh, he also has a long purport. So he says, will there be merging of the purified Atma with Paramatma, the son by Bhakti? Paramatma is different from the jiva. He is self-revealing. The jiva is revealed. There's another definition of Brahman, that by knowing which all other things become known. Paramatma is unborn, but the jiva accepts upadis. Upadi means a limiting condition. Sarva upadi vinirmuktam tat paratvena nirmalam rishikesh rishikena sevanam bhakti ruchate. The effect of bhakti is sarva upadi vinir, the removal of all the upadis. Uh, he is, he, Brahman uh, or Paramatma here, is beyond measure since he is pervading everywhere, but the jiva is a small particle of consciousness. He is omniscient, but the jiva has little knowledge. He is one, since there is no other Supreme Lord. 
and he has no internal differences of his many forms. The jivas are many. He is one without a second, without anything else existing, since the jiva and maya are non-different from him as his shaktis. So there's only one thing, but that one thing is Krishna and Krishna's energies. And as Prabhupada puts it, nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. This is our philosophy. You cannot think of it as a beta abeda tattva. You cannot think of it as one, and you cannot think of it as different. <laughs> Uh, either either of all those those are by themselves are wrong. He is without a second, without anything else existing, since the jiva and maya are none different from him as his shaktis. The jiva is not like this. Paramatma is not approachable by speech or mind like the jiva. He is beyond words since they cannot describe him. Shruti says, Yato vacho nivartante aprapya manasa saha. From him words return, along with the mind not attaining him. That's the Tattariya Upanishad 241. But he can be understood. <laughs> Inspired by him, the voice and life airs move. It is said, and then he quotes uh, a Bhagavatam verse, uh, it's 10.2.35, Satvam nachit datur idam nijambavet vijyanam ajyanam pida pramarjanam guna prakashayar anumi yate bhavan prakashate yasya chayinava gunaha O Lord, cause of all causes, if your transcendental body were not beyond the modes of material nature, one could not understand the difference between matter and transcendence. Only by your presence can one understand the transcendental nature of your Lordship, who are the controller of material nature. Your transcendental nature is very difficult to understand unless one is influenced by the presence of your transcendental form. Uh, yeah, what is, see Krishna has name, form, qualities, but they're spiritual. What are they? What does that mean? Well, you have to see it for yourself. Uh, the spiritual variety that's there in Krishna. Now you, uh, we see the the thing we have to uh, the Mayavad philosophy is also that words cannot reach him but those words uh, the uh, well for example Krishna is blue okay uh, and we're, we can use that word and even they describe what kind of blue it really is you know what, what it was what it looks like uh, um, there's a blue of a certain lotus, or that's Krishna's going that kind of blue, you know. Those who have seen Krishna, who looked at them with their spiritual vision, 
And they report back to us, this is the word they choose to you, choose. But it's a transcendent, uh, a spiritual blue. What is it? You have to see it. Uh, how can you see it? Uh, so the Mayavadis say you, they reject language. You know, they just, this, not this, not that, not this, not that. And you basically get nothing at all. It's like the divine nothing. But that way they hope to achieve duality, freedom from duality. But your denials are still the opposite number of the things you're denying. So you're still in the world of duality. To say not this is to say, yeah, there's a this. And so your your conception of oneness is uh, you got the one and the many. So the conception of one that's in cont- opposite of many is also a material conception of one. Somehow, the real one has to be both a, a, a unity of oneness and manyness at the same time. Wow, what is that? See it for yourself. That you can't imagine. But it doesn't mean there's no many. As long as you think it's the opposite of many, the opposite of, of variety, then you you've got the material idea of one. So they don't go far enough. <laughs> that's, 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 that's really what uh, uh, it, it, it says here, this Mayavad rejection of words. So our material words can't go there. But those people who have seen Krishna, who have been there, who have witnessed what goes on, they come back and use those words. And if, if our consciousness becomes purified, we can also understand them with spiritual senses. Astatsi Krishna Namadi, Nabhavedrayam Indriya. Right? The, our, our senses cannot grasp the, the Krishna's name and so on. Astatsi Krishna Namadi, his name and so on. Nabhavedrayam cannot be grasped by the senses. But there's another line. Sevan Mukhe. But, but when those senses are uh, engaged in the service of Krishna, then they become manifest. Uh, that's our process of, uh, of transforming, or transmuting what seems to be material into spiritual. And then Krishna becomes revealed. Seva unmukha. Unmuka with your face up, like, what do you want me to do with a disposition to serve? Uh, uh, that's that's uh, the, the philosophy of Krishna consciousness. So now, uh, do we have time for one more verse? So let's go on. Text 36. Uh, it goes like this. Etavan atmasam moho yatikalpas to kevale atmarite swayam atman atman atmanrite swayam atmanam atmanrite swam atmanam 
avalambo na yasyahi. Whatever apparent duality is perceived in the self is simply the confusion of the mind. Indeed, such supposed duality has no basis to rest upon apart from one's old own soul. Uh, Banu Swami's translation to me is a little simpler. <laughs> anyway, Etanvan of the Atma, and here when they're talking about the Atma, they mean Paramatma. Uh, who is the self of the self? Anyway, yeah. whatever vikalpa, this this I the vikalpa here, ideal of duality. The word, word vikalpa means uh, 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 variation, variety, diversity, manifoldness. Uh, I mean, it's used also sankalpa, vikalpa, accepting something and rejecting it in in another context. But the basic meaning of vikalpa, which is translated here as the ideal of idea of duality, it just means whenever there's an alternative. That's why it becomes to mean a, a, a false notion sometimes or a fancy or an imagination, an antithesis, you know. Uh, uh, so they, uh, they, they say whatever ever, uh, apparent duality, whatever of the self, samoha is d- delusion, whatever vikalpa, idea of something different from Krishna, uh, uh, is simply the confusion of the mind. But kevala, unique, Remember the word unique means one only. Unique. That's the me. Because you hear people say, uh, uh, these are very unique. But, you know, uh, when something is unique, it means there's only one of these unique items. (laughs) It's like, that's the meaning of unique. Uh, All my sons are unique. Well, yeah, wait a minute. Uh, uh, so yeah, Admar ite swayamatmana. Avalambo, yeah, has no basis. Uh, You can't, you, yeah, yeah. Simply here it's confusion of the mind, they call it. The, suppose the duality has no basis to rest upon except one's own uh, self. Uh, Swami translates this more simply. Since only one Atma exists, seeing duality is one's own bewilderment. It has no basis except the Jiva himself. So he makes itself, it's the Jiva. It makes us say Atma and Jiva, the Jivatma, the, the conditioned self. So that makes it a little clearer. 
Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's purport. Uh, he says, um, how can the universe be one with the Lord when it is seen to be different? That's in quotation marks. That's your question. How can this universe be one with the Lord when it is seen to be different? He says, though there is only one Atma, distinction arises. One's bewilderment has no basis other than the jiva himself. The jiva perceives separateness by his ignorance. I mean, this is like much clearer. The jiva, though different from paramatma, is an effect of paramatma and thus is one with paramatma. So that's how the cause and effect are one. Shruti says... Neha nanasti kinchana. There is no duality in this world at all. This is the Brihad Aranyaka Upanishad 449 that he's quoting. There is no duality. So we, this is a duality that includes the many and doesn't exclude it. I explained this uh, earlier. The, uh, he says uh, the BBT purport as explained in verse 33 of this chapter yeah, go back to 33 which we just had I think we read it earlier Maybe there, yeah yeah he says there are many varieties and you think uh, the world is your, your body and so on. Uh, the same nescience fades away at the time of liberation. The eternal self is neither assumed nor lost, since every living entity is an eternal reality. The word vikalpa, or duality, here refers to the mistaken idea that the spirit soul is partly composed of matter in the form of the gross body or the subtle mind. So that's the idea when you mistake the body and mind for the self. It is thus that the foolish person considers the material body or mind to be an intrinsic or fundamental component of the self. I remember telling somebody once in Sankirtan that you're not, you're not the body. You're trying to say I'm not me. How can you say that? In fact, the living entity is pure spirit without any tinge of matter. Consequently, the false ego, which is generated by the false identification with matter, is a mistaken identity imposed upon the pure spirit soul. Ahankara literally means I-maker. Kara, making the sense of I. Prabhupada always says false ego because it is this superimposition. You do have, by saying, calling it false ego, there is a real sense of I. That is, I am the servant of Krishna. That's the actual. So you do have an identity. The sense of ego, or I am, in other words, the sense of one's individual identity, comes from the spirit soul. 
because there is no other possible basis for such self-awareness. By studying one's false sense of ego, one can analytically understand there is a pure ego, which is expressed by the words Aham Brahmasmi, I am a pure spirit soul. One can easily understand in a similar way that there is a supreme spirit soul, the personality of Godhead, who is the omniscient controller of everything. Such is the understanding, such understanding in Krishna consciousness constitutes perfect knowledge as described here uh, by the Lord. Now that's the uh, BBT purport here. Uh, or simply there is no duality but there is variety. So we'll stop there to begin again uh, with uh, oh yeah now in, in 37 well, we didn't get that far. But uh, 37 will conclude this uh, discussion of non-duality. And then 38 will start talking about the yogi and, <coughs> and uh, some of the difficulties one may undergo in a practical way. Didn't get there very far. Okay. So we'll see now if there are any, I hope we got through that okay and you're clear about that. And so questions or comments? If you have a question and you're on the phone, you can push star six to unmute yourself. And uh, if you have, if you're watching my for TV, you can Type in your question into the chat box. The chat box is back on my Pro TV. You can do that, or you can write to write an email to sdrsdasa.com. While we're waiting for some questions, I'll ask a question. Um, the idea that knowledge depends upon goodness. Um, would a more descriptive way of saying that is to say um, kind of more subtle knowledge depends on goodness in the sense of you know we can go about the world and kind of learn big thing you know like mm-hmm. kind of gross things right mm-hmm. um, but we might get it wrong um, and we may not understand it fully uh, depending on the person looking yeah. at their, their purity I'm just thinking like if you have a telescope, you know, like a really basic telescope, you might be able to see the craters on the moon, but a much more powerful telescope will give you a lot more information, a lot more subtle qualities mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. And that the consciousness is such a subtle thing that you would have to be on the platform of goodness to really understand it. That Would that be true? Depends on what your definition of knowledge is in a way. Right. You know? I mean, uh, carpenters learn knowledge. They may not understand anything about any physics or, you know, they may, may not have finished high school, but they're good carpenters. Yeah. Uh, so there's some, some skill that's there, the kind of knowledge of a trade. So he, here, here we, we're talking about knowledge. It, 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 it's uh, seeing everything in its proper place. Uh, 
uh, and, and in one sense, when when um, you you see a, a, you see a little part of reality, and you've got that down a little bit, so you can function in it. You can navigate yourself around certain things. There's some skill there, but your understanding of where you are and what you're doing and how it is is very incomplete. It's just like a, a sketch, uh, and, and so you don't really you don't really understand it. And when you try to understand it a little more by your own power, by by the inductive method, it always comes out wrong. So so to be able to have you know, the, 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 the kind of uh, skill set to do certain things. Yeah, people have that. We, we appreciate the fact that I used this laptop and somebody made it and that required some, some skill. And maybe it's more sophisticated than the skill in, uh, you know, taking a stick and digging uh, ants out of a hole. But it's basically the same order of things. Uh, and I have knowledge that that uh, what we may knowledge to that, that that depends upon sattva. I mean, so, some ways, some ways, even decent material knowledge, there has to be some degree of sattva present. Just like a, people who are scientists and they can concentrate the mind. They can. They have, you know, good attention span. They can focus on something. They can undergo a, a fair, fair amount of austerity. And generally, those people are also always trying to think about how what they know relates to everything else. You know, so the 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 the, the brahmana is one who's in the sattva guna. And those people, uh, because of their sattva, they—they—they well, first of all, they're just interested in knowledge for its own sake, which is most people in the mode of passion, you know. But uh, and the result of them being in the mode of goodness for these people is satisfaction, and the, the satisfaction just comes from knowing or seeing, seeing even seeing the world. Uh, 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 in a detached, but you see, like in the mode of passion, uh, attention is, it has to do with the focus of attention. Attention is narrowly focused on the objects of desire. Therefore, it doesn't stay for very long because those change and they, they go about, and it distorts everything else because of that narrow focus on the object of desire. But but a person who, uh, with some mode of goodness, they're just interested in things for its own sake. Now they won't get funded unless they can produce something that somebody thinks is useful. So you're a geologist and you're just fascinated by the way the world works and how things are formed and how volcanoes do this. But you can't do that unless you start working for somebody looking for oil or looking to somehow exploit material nature. So all, all this, even that, that, that academic knowledge, 
which is like the person's doing it or interested in knowledge their own sake, it's also limited by the fact that they will not be supported or funded unless you can produce a profit for somebody else who's in the mode of passion. That's what happens. <laughs> I mean, the, the, those people who are really in the mode of goodness, they, they, they really require to be supported by others for, because they just value that, that kind of insight that they can offer. But it's not there anymore. It's all, it's all profit. A Prabhupada said in my presence, he said, in your country, everyone is a shudra and there are a few vaishas in your culture. You know, we haven't seen not only real brahmanas, we haven't even seen real kshatriyas. Because both of those require some amount of disinterest, you know, that is to say, not just concerned about yourself. A kshatriya at least wants to protect other people. Uh, but a Vaisha, you know, no, so the self-interest has become even narrower. That's interesting. I'm just thinking of um, the idea that when you're not in the mode of goodness, you, you kind of can lose perspective and lose... And you're so narrowly focused on just what you want and you can't see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, um, yesterday I was listening to this morning walk that Sri Prabhupada had. It was, it was a brief exchange and, and his disciples were saying, um, well, they say, you know, compared to a hundred years ago, we've made a lot of advancement, you know. And Prabhupada said, what kind of advancement have you made? Well, Prabhupada, you know, we have better medical facility, we have... We can live in more comfortable houses and um, this sort of thing. And he said, yes, and then uh, do you still die? I said, well, yes, probably, but at least, you know, up until that point, it's kind of a better life. So a hundred years ago, people died, and now today people are still dying, so what's the difference? Mm -hmm. He kept saying like that. And he said, well, at least now uh, you can have a more comfortable death. And Prabhupada started laughing, and he said, oh, so they've beat death by death? <laughs> and and he says that's that's just nonsense, you know, that's mm-hmm. foolishness. That, that, that's it might also be playing into yeah. that of, of uh-huh. losing that bigger perspective. What is all this for? You might be improving your skills, but mm-hmm. if you don't have the longer range perspective, it's mm-hmm. worthless. You, know? you notice that nobody wants to die, really. Why is that? Yeah. Why is it? Yeah. Also, they had, you know, opium in the old days. Opium is herbal medicine, come on. <laughs> it comes straight out of a plant. <laughs> so we'll stop there, and we'll pick up, uh, what's our next date of uh, class? Uh, not next Sunday. We skip a Sunday, yeah. Yeah, unless the schedule changes, but the uh, 13th. 13th of November. Mm-hmm. You're right now. I, I have to be somewhere, and I can't, I can't, can't be here on, uh, on that Sunday. So, so we'll uh, two weeks. Two weeks. 
Okay, thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai.